I sat down and thanked all the people in my head who were part of these monuments, who lived on the land, and said, thanks so much for letting me tell this story. And please forgive me if I've told the story in a way that isn't what you'd hoped, and kind of said goodbye to each one. And that really made me feel more trust in this book and in the process. Hello, welcome to Emerging Form. I'm Christy Ashwanden. And I'm Rosemary Wettelotromer. And I have to say that I can hear the smile in your voice when you said oh. that, Christy, and it just made me smile. <laughs> oh, let's smile together, my friend. <laughs> and here we are together in a podcast about creative process. No wonder we're smiling. And yeah. today uh, we're going to start out just a little bit by talking about creative partners and, and how mm-hmm. important it is to have someone that you can talk to or share with about creative process. Of course, that's what we do here all the time, but I know that both of us do it in other ways too. Yeah, we do. Well, we talk to each other all the time on speed dial and all of that, always sharing what we're doing and our creative things. But I think it's really good to have different kinds of community and different kinds of people. And so, you know, I have various science writer communities. I have friends who write essays, which I like to do. And I'm really sick. I haven't been doing so much of lately. I need to change that. Um, But, you know, having different people that you can talk to in, in different ways, right, is helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, that, you know, mostly takes place, I think, on the phone if I call someone up, mm-hmm. you know, usually other poets, but not always. Yeah. But it also happens a lot in person, which is, I think, why yeah. conferences are so important or sleepovers. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Festivals. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know that you have somebody special. You want to tell us about Yeah, I do. Well, I'm really excited about our guest today because she is my pen pal. I've known her for a really long time. We were in this community together called Silence that's been going for quite a while, but we we know each other in real life. She's come to a writing workshop on my farm. And at some point we became pen pals and we write each other letters back and forth. And Real letters with stamps. With stamps, with stamps. Wow. I mean, I, I have her address memorized. I mean, it's, it's that wow. kind of pen pal, just like when I was a kid and had a pen pal. Um, but, you know, we, we share about our personal lives, but also a lot about our creative lives. And it's just, it's wonderful to have someone that you can share that with. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that you're writing real letters. And I love that they're about practice, not necessarily yeah. sharing what you're writing, but about the writing itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we talk about a lot of different things, the process and how we're feeling stuck or not. Or, you know, I was kind of with her as she was writing this Monuments book and she was with me through some of my writing, too. So it's been great. Well, Cameron Walker is a writer based in California. Her journalism, essays and fiction have appeared in publications, including The New York Times, Hakai, The Missouri Review and The Last Word on Nothing. She's won awards for her writing from the American Society of Journalists and Authors, the American Institute of Physics, and Terrain.org. She is the author of National Monuments of the USA, a book for kids beautifully illustrated by Chris Turnham. And her essay collection, Points of Light, is coming out this fall from Hidden River Press. Let's bring her on. Hey, Cameron, welcome to Emerging Form. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just so happy to be here with both of you. 
We're delighted to have you. It's so fun. I've been wanting to have you on for a really long time. And of course, this year you've gone big with two books. I mean, you and Rosemary, man, you're kind of putting me to shame. <laughs> Some people are happy to just publish one book in a lifetime. And anyway, Cameron, I thought maybe we could start off. You have such an interesting uh, story of just doing so many different types of writing and all of that. I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are today. How did you become a writer? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, I think I always wrote as a little kid. Um, and then mm -hmm. as I got older, got more interested in science. But in college, I ended up taking both science classes and then some writing classes. And I remember once I was working for this forestry professor and it was in the time you had to go to the library and copy papers for them. Uh -huh. And yeah. at the same time, I was taking a poetry class and somehow... He ended up getting a bunch of papers with poems stapled on the back. And he was like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was, I was so embarrassed. Oh, that's um, amazing. <laughs> but it, my dad had, even before that, had kept telling me there's this program at UC Santa Cruz. It's science writing. You know, you like both these things. And I was like, dad, like that is a bad idea. Like, I'm definitely not going to do that. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> what, what did you I do? do? Science writing program at UC Santa Cruz. So that's really where I really started writing for real. Uh, Wait, why was it a bad idea? What part of you resisted it? I don't know. Just because he said so or? Oh, I think so. And it was, the you know, he would send newspaper clippings and uh -huh. yeah, I just wanted to do something my parents were telling me not to do. Or. <laughs> Isn't it interesting though? It's like this thing where you get the like mom suggestion, like it can even be a good suggestion, but because it's coming from your mom, it's like, well, why don't you do this? It's like, well, I can't because my mom told me to do it. Right. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's so interesting. And you write in lots of genres now. Um, I know journalism, essays, fiction, and are there more? Well, so I, do have a couple of poems that have come, like I've started doing poetry again this year after years and years of Yay. not writing poems. But yes, you're, you, all your poems have inspired me so much. And I've been doing more poetry reading and then just a little bit of poetry writing. Wow. So poetry also, and I don't even know what other genres to throw out there, you know, um, <laughs> cereal box captions or, uh, you know, comic, comic. Instagram posts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cameron, Instagram. Do, you, do you have a favorite of all of these? Like, is there one that if you could only do one or that's really your passion or are they all sort of just part of what you like to do? I mean, I think I like different things about all of them. I think mm -hmm. if I really could only do one, it would be fiction, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's the thing I'm the weakest at too. So that's part of the reason why I'd, I'd want, I'd want to do that and be really, really good at it. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Th that's fascinating. So that's the one you feel like you're weakest at, but that's the one that you're most drawn to. Yeah. That, Cameron, this is so interesting because, you know, I've done a lot of sports and, you know, I started running and then I was a cyclist and then I started cross-country skiing and cross-country skiing is the one that I like really fell in love with that feels like my true passion. And it was the one that I was instantly the worst at. Like I had to struggle so much, but I recognized that in that, like I wanted to be good at it, but I also just loved the process and I loved it so much. And it didn't matter that I wasn't good because I was so drawn to it. 
And I wonder if you feel that same sort of draw about, is there something about the actual doing of it and, and completing it and, and having a piece of fiction that you've written that's particularly satisfying? I think it's, I think I'd like to read fiction the most. So mm-hmm. there's something about wanting to be a part of that world. Um, and yeah. just, it's meant so much to me. I also, the cross-country skiing, that's how I feel about surfing, like surfing. Uh-huh. It took me years and years before I even felt slightly competent. And uh-huh. the, the first year, I don't think I ever caught a wave standing up, but I was just so <laughs> like, I love this, even though I can't do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to keep doing it. So that's good to know about cross-country skiing in you. Yeah, it's funny. I have people say, oh, you're so good. You And it's like, you don't know how I struggled to get to where I am now, you know, because people who are really good, it looks so graceful, but it's it's easy to get going and to move around on skis. It's hard to, to really master the technique and all of that. And I think that's true of so many things. But what I've found is just finding that thing you connect with, it almost feels like it doesn't matter that it's hard and it's struggle because it's so rewarding and it's what you want to be doing and that mm-hmm. passion. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, and it's also interesting that you say fiction, I love it, and I want to be part of that world. And so much of a creative practice can be the community that you're in. So I guess my mm-hmm. next question is, you know, with all these different, you know, writing passions, journalism and essay and fiction and poetry, do you have different communities for these different writing passions? I mean, are you part of a fiction community and a part of a essay community and part of a poetry community? Or are they separate or yeah, no, I am. Um, and that, I mean, I love that part of writing. I think writers are just so fun and great. And it's mm-hmm. so fun to be with them just like right now and email with them and write letters and see them in person. And yeah, so I'm part of a science writers group that's been around for 15 years. Soon it's going to be almost 20. Wow. And then there's the group from Last Word on Nothing, which I guess is sort of my essay writing group uh, that Christy Mm -hmm. is in also. And then during the pandemic, I took a, it wasn't necessarily a fiction writing class, but it was um, led by a poet and essayist named Sabrina Oramark. Um, And she's lovely. And just this group just really came together. And it's been so wonderful. We've stayed in touch. We've met up Mm. in person. And it's so fun to have all these new friends and old friends who are writers. And it's just great. So you really are part of that world. You do have a... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting, too, the different communities. And, uh, you know, there's something about being with people over time, too, and watching them develop. And I mean, you and I met as science writers in years ago at the start of the that one science writing community and just seeing everyone sort of flourish over the years. It's really a special thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice. You know, there's room for all of us. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. But really, I feel like writers really do support each other. And that's I didn't know that early on. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what makes this so fun is that we all get to help each other and write more and try different things and cheer each other mm-hmm. on. And it's just, it's just great. So I want to know a little bit, Cameron, about you write in these different genres. And I'm curious to know in terms of process, how they're sort of similar and different. And is there one type that's like you struggle with more, or you struggle with less, or is the struggle different for the different types of genres? Yeah, well, straightforward journalism, I feel like I know what to do Mm -hmm. 
right away. Like when you get the assignment, it's like, okay, I'm going to call people. I'm going to look stuff up. I'm going to read papers. And then kind of it's more putting together those puzzle pieces for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then essays are more like, I have this idea and I'm kind of going to wonder about it a little bit. And then maybe I'll look some stuff up. Uh-huh. But I think that's why fiction's hard for me because I'm like, there's nothing to look up. It's all coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I actually, you know, I feel like that was one of my favorite things about writing fiction is that I had to look so much stuff up. Like I did so much research to write fiction. Yeah. So I think that's just kind of funny that that my experience with fiction was was different that way. Yeah. Well, maybe I need to look more stuff up. I mean, maybe that's what's holding me back is more... Research, although I feel like I could research, you know, endlessly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, research is just another form of procrastination, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, well, in, except when it isn't. Right? Yeah. That's interesting, <laughs> though. But I, I want to ask a little bit more about that because so in fiction, you're basically making everything up, right? So it can be anything. And I think maybe part of what I'm hearing you say is that you're sort of without constraints, which can be difficult, right? Like it, uh, it seems like it would be easy when in fact, maybe it's not because you don't have any starting place or any sort of guardrails to to show you the way. Yeah. No, I think I, that's a lot of it for me, I think. And so I've, in different classes I've taken, if there's a prompt or something like that, that is really helpful for me to be mm-hmm. like, okay, I just focus a little bit on this one thing. And, and then it, it does form a constraint that, yeah. I, can, that I can work with. Um, mm-hmm. And is there a way that you know, you know, you have some kind of idea, some little thing, do, do you already know what form it will take when you start? Like, you know, you're interested in, I don't know what, you know, dragonflies. And then you kind of get a little obsessed with dragonflies. How do you know if that's the kind of thing that's going to become an an article or an essay or fiction or even a poem? Is there is there a way that it just sorts itself out or do you make a conscious choice? Oh, uh, that's a really good question. I mean, sometimes it has to do just with what else is going on. Like, do I have a deadline for last word on nothing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's right. going to be an essay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. That's kind of the default. Um, <laughs> and that I guess for something to be more journalistic, it would be uh, like there's a news hook or there's a place I know I can send it or there's a person mm-hmm. I want to interview. But Rosemary, you're right. I mean, that could be fiction too. So I don't, maybe I just need to like open myself up a little bit more <laughs> in this fiction <laughs> world. Well, I think it is interesting when, of course, our podcast is called Emerging Form, but (laughs) just it is fascinating to me when you have multiple genres at your fingertips, you know, just how, you know, I love a deadline. Of course, a deadline is going to do it. Or, you know, that sometimes, of course, it lends itself because, yes, I want to interview this person and that's straightforward, Mm -hmm. you know, but especially with essays and poetry and sometimes between those two, I think it's a lot harder to know. Is it, Mm -hmm. is it an essay or is it a poem? Does it want to really ramble or does it want to be super efficient? How do you know when it would be a poem? I think the poem thing, I've been getting a newsletter that, again, has prompts in it. And so I've kind of been writing Mm -hmm. to those prompts. So I don't know if I would Mm -hmm. sit down and be like, this really wants to be a poem. I think I need to write some more to figure Mm -hmm. that out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think sometimes for me with journalism, so often the ideas that I pursue in journalism are things that I'm curious about because the thing about journalism is I'm learning something and the thing that really draws me to it is not actually the act of writing, but of the reporting and sort of all of that fun stuff of talking to interesting people about it. Whereas if I'm writing an essay, then I'm really kind of exploring it more in my own head, if that makes sense. And so it's it's an idea that I want to examine, but it's not so much that I'm learning from someone else, but I'm kind of working through my own thoughts on it. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I'm just curious. I also can be very prompt driven. Um, I love prompts, especially, you know, <laughs> writing every day, you know, it's every day I need to come up with something. Uh, where do you find them? You know, it sounds like you have a newsletter for one and maybe this class gave you some others, but where, where do you look for prompts? I don't know. I should do some more prompt looking for because <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're like decks of cards. You can pull a prompt from or. Uh-huh. But for you, like just in your own practice, where do you where do you usually get them? Do you make them up for yourself or? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I just don't do as much of that as I would like to or should. Um I know should is such a bad word. Never mind. Yeah, I was going to say, let's not use that word. (laughs) Should has no place in creative life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do get ideas just, you know, like being out in nature or being out in the world or being Mm -hmm. with my kids that so much, so many things come from just daily life and what's, what's happening. So, yeah. Just showing them. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a kind of noticing, isn't it? And sort of, do you have your essay goggles on or is it the poetry glasses you have today? Right. Oh, it'd be fun to think about what those different things look like. Like, what are poetry glasses? Are they rose colored? I don't know. Maybe some days, maybe not. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I love that. And our essay goggles, like kind of the steampunk ones that has the microscope on one side (laughs) and the telescope (laughs) on the other. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. So Cameron, I want to ask about this book of essays, which is awesome that it's coming out. I'm such a huge fan of your essays. They're so delightful. And I wanted to ask a little bit, kind of two things. One is how did this book of essays come together? But then the second part is sort of like, how do you put a book of essays together? Because it's not just like, okay, here's essays. I'm going to smush them together, right? There has to be some kind of rhyme or reason. Like, how do you figure that out? Yeah, so I think it came about... I mean, sort of from my fiction writing that felt like it wasn't working all that well. I, Uh you know, another should, like I kept thinking I should have a short story collection or I should finish a novel. But as I was, I was looking through, you know, different places you could submit or contests and, you know, putting together my short stories and seeing how long that was and then started thinking, oh, you know, I have a lot of essays, you know, maybe I should Maybe I should. Gosh, I say that a lot. (laughs) Um, Maybe I could. could, Maybe I could put all my essays together and that would be a book. And then once I started doing that, I thought, you know, I I really do have a lot of essays. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about putting them together by theme. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I realized that I often write about the same things over and over again in different ways or what I think of or different ways. Um, But so there's a group with about weather and there's a group about the ocean and there's a group about landscapes. And so I kind of started putting them into these different buckets. And then it was interesting because after I 
so I submitted the collection to a bunch of different places and one accepted it, but then it sat for quite a while. But when I came back mm. to it, I could see it even better as mm. kind of an arc across the whole huh. thing. And I don't even know if I could describe the arc, but it's like there's a feeling of that there's movement throughout, mm-hmm. which was really cool. I kind of couldn't believe I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it interesting sometimes, though, how things emerge where, and I love this process. So you worked on it, you kind of put it together. You weren't maybe completely sure about it. You send it out, but then you sort of took time away, right? Your brain's on something else. And then you come back and then you sort of see this thing and it emerges. And so often I find that these creative things just kind of Sometimes I almost feel like, did I do that? Like, I don't know how I did that, but I like how it turned out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I And I'm so happy that I did it, but then I'm always yeah. wondering, oh, can I, can I do that again? I hope I can do that again. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I think that when we, that happens again and again and again, there is this trust then that develops, like that yeah. that will happen, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. intuition is in place, you know, that we've been developing it for years and years and years. And, you know, how sweet that you could look at it and say, oh, look, it it worked. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and and I just do think that when when we take the time then to go back and notice that, you know, how how lucky to to have that little bit of perspective, that little bit of distance, or, you know, I like to say you let it get cold enough. Luckily, you know, they'd already accepted it and you saw it again. You're like, oh, good. And it's supposed to go, oh, oh yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there it is, you know, that, yeah. that little bit of getting cold and then that ability to relax into it. I just feel like that does inform us then in our creative practice as we mm-hmm. move forward to continue to have that, you know, trust that intuition is going to be there. And yeah. And if it isn't today, well, it, it, it will come back again, maybe tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Emerging Form. We want to give a big shout out to a couple of our paid subscribers who have left us really kind reviews on iTunes. For instance, Jill Berkey, who recently wrote... Wonderful. I love this podcast. I feel like I'm among friends when I listen to Christy and Rosemary talk about the creative process. One day, Rosemary shared a new poem that moved me, and I knew I had to start being a paid subscriber then and there. Thank you, Jill. (laughs) Rebecca Reynolds-Weil wrote, Amazing! You will laugh and grab a pen at the same time. This is a fantastic rollicking soup of humor, depth, thoughtful and practical suggestions, and rich creativity. The two hosts are a joy, and they wrap in wonderful guests to add to the discussions. Subscribe and share this delight. What a gift. I love that they both added subscribe to other people. That's nice. I know. Isn't that sweet? Thank you so much for your support, dear listeners. You make this podcast possible. And if you want to join Jill and Rebecca, you can sign up as a paid subscriber at emergingform.substack.com. Thanks for listening. There it is, that recurring theme here at Emerging Form of trust, right? Trust. Trusting the creative process. Yeah. I know sometimes at least Rosemary picks out a word for the year and mine this year was trust. So I'm so glad. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) That just came out. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Wow. I hope you will tell us a little bit about how trust became your word for the year. Oh, well, it actually had something to do with the other book that I worked on this year about the National Monuments, because that Mm -hmm. was, it was a really big project for me. And it was really stressful, particularly at the Uh end. 
Um, I felt a lot of responsibility in telling many of these stories that are complicated and making them appropriate for kids, but also telling the truth. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I turned it in, it's another thing that's written in sections too, by regions of the country. And I was doing like the last proofing or what I thought was going to be the last proofing. And each time I finished a section, this is going to sound like super woo-woo, but I sat, kind of sat down and thanked all the people in my head Mm -hmm. um, who were part of these monuments, you know, who lived on the land. You know, some of them are named after important people and honoring them and, you know, said, thanks so much for letting me tell this story. And, you know, please forgive me if I've told the story in a way that isn't what you'd hoped and kind of said goodbye to each one. And that really, Mm -hmm. something about that made me feel more trust in this book and in the process. And so I think then that was towards the end of the year. And then I wanted to kind of bring that in for this year. So, but I keep forgetting about it too. So it's nice to keep hearing that (laughs) word again and I keep losing it. So yeah, that's amazing. I love that process so much. What a gorgeous practice. Yeah, I really like that. And I just, I love the book so much. I mean, first of all, it's gorgeous. And, uh, you you know, you worked with an illustrator. I want to ask you about that in a moment. But but putting that all together, I just, reading it, I can see what a challenge it must have been because you're packing so much information and yet you don't have a lot of space for each of them. And so, you know, being able to get across that information, making it kid appropriate and all that. But you did such a wonderful job at the the book just has so much soul in it. It really does. Mm. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. That really means a lot because it was really, I didn't know if it would ever get there. So, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trust. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, what, what was it like working with the illustrator? Like, were you n- writing the stuff not knowing what he would be doing or to what extent were you like collaborating in real time? Yeah, so we met, Early on before I started writing and with the editor, we picked out which monuments we were going to cover because we couldn't cover all of them, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which was a bummer because they're all great and yeah. have special things about them. But then I did the writing for about a year and then he started doing the illustrating. So I was mm-hmm. yeah, kind of writing in the dark a little bit. And once the illustrations started coming in, I was like, oh, this really uh-huh. is going to be a book. Like, and it's, I see it. And uh-huh. the, and his illustrations are just so amazing. So it really felt great to start seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. And when you were working together, did, did anything that you were writing change because of what you saw? Oh, um, the lucky thing for me is he had illustrated a previous book about the national park. So I had a sense of the kind of uh-huh. things he liked and what his style was. Mm-hmm. But it was fun, especially towards the end, as things started coming in, he's like, oh, you know, there's extra space in Muir Woods. Like, what What should we do? And I was like, well, do you want to do fungi? Do you want to do fire? Do you want, do you think we need another animal? Ooh. So that was kind of a fun thing to to figure oh, out yeah. with him. Like, what do you, what do you feel like doing? Because we could do so many things and it's mm-hmm. fun to write about any of those things. Yeah. So were you writing both of these books at the same time, by the way, the book of essays and the and the sequentially and not simultaneously? Yes, it was sequentially. So I had turned the essays in and then started the Monuments book then to 2020 and then was working on it until 
last December. Yes, sequential. I mean, a little bit of overlap, but not not like a big creative push overlap on both of them. Yeah. And can you just talk a little bit about the process of writing these very different kinds of books and compare and contrast that process? Oh, sure. I mean, The Monuments was more straightforward in the sense that, you know, it was a traditional publisher. There was an editor. They knew what they wanted going in. It was me usually calling and occasionally going to whatever monument it was and getting information from the ranger and friends, groups, conservation groups, indigenous people, locals, to get information from the monuments. And the essays were more, a lot of the essays were written over a long period of time. And while I was writing them, I wasn't thinking they're going to be part of a book. It's just that after the fact I put them together. And when the monuments, mm. we always knew what it was going to look like more or less in the end. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you prefer one way or the other? Oh, I mean, it was nice to go into the monuments book knowing this was going to be a book. Uh-huh. Although it was a fun surprise that the essays turned turned into a book. Right? So, so <laughs> yeah. What a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, Cameron, thank you so much for joining us. I have so many questions I'm dying to ask you, but we're going to have to keep it for the bonus episode, which will happen next week for our paid subscribers. Uh, but thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad to finally get you on Emerging Form. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's just such a treat to be here. Thank you, Cameron. You've been listening to Emerging Form. This is Rosemary Watola-Tromer, and my co-host is science writer Christy Ashwanden. Our fabulous audio producer is Leah Shaw. Our music is created and performed by Kira Kopostansky and edited by Leah Shaw. Kate LaRue designed our logo. Jack Mueller, of course, inspired our work and the name of this podcast. As he always said, you must obey the poem's emerging form. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Emerging Form. Did you know that for just a few bucks a month, you can become a paid subscriber and get bonus episodes every other week? Go to emergingform.substack.com to sign up. And if you really want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.